Welcome to Like Dragons Do They Fight. I'm so excited that you're here today. You are going to be so happy that you clicked into this podcast to listen to this interview. I'm with one of my favorite men on the planet. I adore his wife. I've worked with her for years. She and I are sisters in arms at Life Changing Services. She's a front office manager. And I, and she and I really uh, started out almost the same time with Life Changing Services and our boys. Right when my boy was graduating and going on a mission, her boy was entering. And so we've known each other for over a decade, and I've had several years to watch this good man um, grow, and he's become a family friend. Uh, some of their children are my children's friends. And anyway, Lloyd Peterson is here, and I'm just so grateful uh, that I finally have this opportunity to interview him because I'm excited for you to see what a good man he is. And um, some of the, the motives of his heart, they're so meaningful. They, uh, he means so well. He understands the battle uh, that we fight, the spiritual battle that we fight on a very personal level because not only has he supported and cared for a son, but he really started um, taking it personally, applying things personally. And, you know, he didn't really participate in any of our recovery programs himself, but he thought this stuff is like awesome for men. But what I've loved about Lloyd and our friendship is um, that he's become kind of a fellow brother in arms to me because he's does the parent support with me? Uh, he, I'm the director of Mothers Who Know, and Lloyd directs Fathers Who Fight. And that's fairly recent, and it's growing. Um, I guess you wouldn't say it's super recent. It's been going for over a year, but I mean, I guess it's more when I can think. It's been a couple years, Karen. It's like two and a half years. We'll be there three is? years in September. <laughs> I can't believe it's been that long. Where have I been? That's bizarre. Yeah, that is. So anyway, through that time, we've met pretty consistently once a month to just, just notice what's going on with mothers who know, fathers who fight. And anyway, I've just seen God's hand working. Um, and I'd like to just share before we start this principle that I have come to have a testimony of because I feel like I'm a very broken person. But I have a testimony that God can do amazing things with broken people if broken people will be available. And I love this quote by Elder Maxwell. It is, God does not start by asking about our ability, only our availability. And then as we prove our dependability, he increases our capability. And so anyway, it's been so fun because I've watched that happen in my own life, starting Mothers Who Know in 2014, um, and how it's just grown me because I was willing to be available 
and invited so many women to come to this spot that I was available in and God was helping me in. And miracles inside of me and with my family and um, miracles with other women that I've been able to have the privilege to witness and be a part of. And I just knew, because um, it wasn't easy to talk Lloyd into doing Fathers Who Fight. It took me about three years of talking about it. Right, Lloyd? Yeah. But I knew it was coming. I knew Lloyd, he's got the heart and he feels weak and broken like I did, but he's willing and he's also done the work. And it would be such a blessing for men to have Lloyd if they could just see. It doesn't look like perfect. It doesn't look like you're amazing and perfect at being a dad or helping support somebody, but it means that you show up. It means that you understand the battle. Um, and then I knew if you, Lloyd, just were available, God would start doing his work. And I have a testimony of that. Um, we get so afraid. We say, I'm going to be available. I have this idea. I think I should do something. And so we start thinking, okay, I'm going to do it. And then we get afraid because Satan doesn't want us to do anything good that would bring us or anyone else to Christ. And so we back off and think it's too big and I'm too dumb. I'm too broken. <laughs> I can't do this. And um, so, yeah, tell us, Lloyd, I'm going to stop talking so much. I'm just going to say, will you just tell us a little bit, um, yeah, about how you came to Life Changing Services and then started Father She Fight? The son who went through the Son to Heal Him program. Like most people, clueless parents trying to do the best we can. Uh, we didn't even know that his problems started at like eight. And we're clueless. We just thought life is fine. It was at least as fine as it gets. And Heath Brighton, my son, who went through the program, tells us that it was like 11 the first time he said something to us. And he says that mom and dad didn't get it. That they told us to pray, that our response to him was, was to pray, to have a hymn in your heart, to do all those things that we've heard in Sunday school our whole lives. Well, isn't that what we all do, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We don't know. So we're like, we know the answer. Even this is terrifying and we don't want you to do that. But I think if we just tell you to turn to God and do those things, it's going to work out. Yep, and you know, and we didn't hear anything for a couple of years. Like he was thirteen, and um, I remember taking him to the maturation class in elementary school, and thinking, "Oh boy," <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and I just went through it like a dumb parent, and thought everything was okay. Well, the the next day he comes to me and says, I just had my first wet dream. And it's like, what? You just learned what that was yesterday. <laughs> and, you know, and now, you know, years and years later, it's like, well, was it really that? Or was 
Satan really messing with my son, and I didn't realize it then. And um, so anyway, um, things were progressing. He was... I couldn't ask for a better son. I have five of them, and he's... They're all incredible in their own ways, and Brighton is incredible. We'll talk more about that in a minute. But uh, I don't remember, 14, 15, somewhere in there, he comes to us and says, I'm such a loser. I have a pornography problem. And so we, you know, we tried talking to the bishop. We tried, you know, everything church stuff. So it's like, okay, we need professional help. Took him to a counselor. That didn't work. We found another counselor who tried to do the 12-step um, program with him, and it wasn't working. Um, so finally, I don't have divine intervention. I have no other words for it. We found sons of healing. And we, um, things didn't immediately change. Um, I can, we've talked enough. I can tell you what it is from his story, but I think rather than going there, I think I'll just tell you from my point of view, the intake in those days, there wasn't a like dragon's book. Right. It was this little pamphlet. I have it had right a few hints. Yes, I have it right here. It's like maybe 14 pages at the most. And the part for the parents was half a page. You know, not half of a uh, eight and a half by 11 page, half of a uh, seven by eight and a half or five by whatever. <laughs> you know, Karen's <laughs> looking at my fingers and the audience can't see my fingers. It was this paragraph this big. For what parent, you know, and that was the to do's and the don't do's. That's yeah. what we got. Totally. And, uh, but it was better than nothing. It was so much better than we'd ever had before. Yeah. And, um, and, thankful, and thankfully, the clinicians that were there, there were just a few. There were only yep. a couple, right? Now we yep. have close to 30 or more but anyway there's there was only a couple and they were only in person we didn't even have this technology that we used yep. then cell phones were just barely coming out we heard last night <laughs> <laughs> but he was going to this group in ogden and things were okay he was making improvements he um he had white knuckle four weeks out and and then he'd lose again. And he'd white knuckle four weeks out and lose again. And um, this was before manpower. We, oh, didn't, yeah. we didn't even have calendars or anything in no, those days. I don't think manpower came out until maybe, I would say, five years or more after our boys were done. Yeah. Yeah. And um, there was no PWTs. There was nothing. And... So, uh, but I could see changes in him. And I, I got to tell you, there, there was times, and, and I can't count how many times, 
that I would tell him, you can do this. You're better than this. This doesn't define you. You are incredible. And he would look at me with such pleading eyes that I want to believe you, Dad, but I don't feel it. That he was just tore up inside. But I could see the good in him. Yeah, he's so good. Uh, I've seen what drugs and all that kind of stuff do to a person. And to a person who just says, Woohoo, let's go, I want this life. <laughs> you know? And that wasn't him. That wasn't him. And so I could see the good in him and all that he was trying so hard to do. And, but he didn't see it because Satan would just grab him and tear him down. Anyway, somewhere along the way um, he, of him kit white-knuckling it out a month and then crashing, white-knuckling another month and crashing, the clinician here in Ogden, um, he says, I give, I'm done. I got to do something else with my life. And But we were sold. Sons of Helaman is the best thing we have ever found. So it's like, okay, we'll drive the hour. I don't care. We'll drive an hour to take him to group every week. That's okay. And that drive became sacred to us. Mm. We didn't know it then. It sure is now, though, because most of the time it was his mom taking him. Um, and they would talk. And she would say, what did you learn in group today? And he would share it. Then he'd come home. And I would say, what did you learn in group today? <laughs> because I could see that this is amazing. He was becoming a man of God. Yeah, and if I could just interrupt you right there. That is such a powerful thing for parents to hear, too. Um, when we can teach what we just heard. And we could say out loud our understanding of what we just heard. We it solidifies more. So absolutely. So it was like a sacred growing. Like let's add a little more of an exclamation point behind what just happened in group, so that you it'll become more part of your you because you're it, explaining it to us. It was absolutely divine intervention. It was inspiration. I have no other explanation for it. Maurice can explain all the science behind it and how it affects people's brains and like Karen just explained. But I was clueless. Lisa was clueless. We were just trying. I could see that he was conquering Satan. I could see that the Lord was sinking deep into his soul. And as a father, I didn't want to be left behind. I didn't want to, I'm just a dad. I'll go to work and watch football when I get home. I didn't want that. I wanted to be a hero too. 
And yes, so I, I started asking more, tell me, teach me, teach me, teach me. Tell me what a flagpole is. Tell me how I can do this in my life. Help me figure out, no, my battle isn't pornography or masturbation, but I have lots of battles in my life. Satan's picking on me just like he's picking on you. What can I do to win? Mm, so powerful. Yeah. What would that do to a boy to see his dad say, you are changing. Like you are doing stuff and I don't want to just be up here in this dad spot thinking I'm just the dad doing dad things. Good job, son. You and said drop him off. There you go, son. Fix this. I'll see you when you're done. Yeah. 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 To say, I want to change too. So cool. I was, it was one of your mothers who know meetings, Karen. I was listening to one of your mothers who know meeting and Maurice was the guest mm -hmm. and he was talking about what parents can do. And he explained to your mom and I wasn't even there. I, I listened to this a year or more after it happened, but he said, you know, that Lloyd guy who does fathers who fight, he figured out something amazing. Well, I mean, it was God, divine intervention. But he explained the science behind it about how when we as parents make our children the teachers instead of us being, oh, I know everything. I got to teach you. Mm -hmm. That when we ask them, teach me, it does something in their heart and in their brain that makes their frontal lobe just light up, that does all this chem, uh, warrior chemistry that they've been teaching, that they learn in group, it emphasizes that at home. And it so solidifies their identity. Like if you can say, absolutely, if you can say, you're so good, you're so smart, thank you, I appreciate understanding that better you're teaching me and um just give them the space to be awesome for you you know and that kind of defines us as parents our role and i want to talk more about the first time i met you karen because that ties in right with this too but man are different than women. I duh, no way, <laughs> no way. <laughs> I've recently I, learned this. I'm so a, glad you told me that. <laughs> in a way that I've never understood it before. To you tell a guy, I'm worried about you. I'm concerned in this. Right. And guys, what what's wrong with me? Yeah, if a woman well, says... What are you, yeah, but you say a woman says that to a woman? Yeah. And she's like, oh, you care oh, about me. You love me. You're my friend. Yeah. yeah. And that says love. So when a mom says to her son, I'm worried about you. He's, what's wrong with me? I'm not stupid. I must be broken. What's going on, mom? Why are you worried about me? Yeah, it's you know? it, he gets this feeling of... Um, she doesn't think I can do this. Yeah. And so does a husband, right? Yeah, husband, exactly. I'm just really worried about you. I'm really worried about our finances. I'm really worried about just whatever. Fill in the blank, right? Yeah. 
exactly. if it's under a man's stewardship, then a woman can really send a message that says, I, I don't think you can do this. But back to the, where we were just talking, when a mom or a dad or both of them say to their son, you are amazing, son. I am so impressed with what you are learning. Teach me. I want to be awesome like you. What does that tell a son? He's, oh, yeah. yeah. I can do this. I'm the man. That's what we want for our kids. I didn't know I was doing that. God knew my son needed it. And just by trying, by being there, like you started out this meeting with Karen, by showing up with as little armor as I've got, at least I'm here and willing. God used me to help my son. Oh, that's so precious right there. Let's take a moment. Yeah, God, use me to help my son. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know how to help him. Um, I don't like that we're in this place. I feel bad that my son is in this place and I'm the dad. But just that whole, I'm available, use me. Like in Mothers You Know, it's huge uh -huh. for women to understand once we can shift from, I am going to save you because I have to, God expects that of me as your mother to not let you fall, to shift to, God is going to save you. And I'm going to ask him to use me to support his work and guide me to know what I can do with you to help him. So, but he's going to do the saving and the work, but I have to support that. So that was brilliant, Lloyd, to just say, help, help me help him. I'll help you help him, but I'll just be available here. Elder Uchtdorf has a talk on that that's so incredible. And the talk came out years after I was doing this, but I could see myself in it. And I could see what God did with the Holy Ghost with me. He, it's when he taught, gives it in his talk, he's talking about uh, the scripture that says that we're supposed to go after the 90 and 9. Mm. And all of us, when we read that, at least me, I assume a lot of people are like me, when they read that scripture, say, oh, that's so hard. I got to go, I got to leave the 99 and go find the one. I got to save the one. And there's lots of ones out there. <laughs> that wasn't what Elder Rutdorf said. He says, as much as that interpretation of that verse is true, he says, I want to tell you about a different interpretation. He says, that when Christ gave that example, he was a shepherd. He was going to save the one. My son was the one. And Christ has a plan to save him. And it's not my job. I mean, it is. I'm supposed to help. 
but I'm not supposed to step in and take over for the Savior. That's so beneficial. We can actually get in the way. We can get in the way. We can mess it up. You have great stories about that, Karen. And I don't, yeah, let's not go there. We could spend all day there too. But, But that's not our job. Our job is to introduce the Holy Ghost. Our job is to help them be where they can feel the Holy Ghost. And our job is to set an example of receiving the Holy Ghost, receiving Christ into our lives, and showing how Christ's atonement can save and change us. So that our children can see, you know what? I can too. If dad can do it, I can do it. That's so good. Yeah, that's so good. It's like our motto in Mothers You Know is stay by the tree. It's like yep. if you stay by the tree, they're going to know where to find you. Yep. Right? And they're going to want to come and find you because you speak from the Spirit. Um, you're, you know, better than to, you know, go toward all those spinning feelings that tend to get in us. Like, why aren't you doing more work? How come you're not caring enough? How come you're not doing it right? Right. Like, I don't know what a boy, a dad's brain feels like, but women's brains can really be like, I'm totally looking at that and thinking, you know, you could be doing so many things better than that. And so, but just to think, how can I wait, be here at the tree, learning how the Savior saves me and being inspired by the Spirit so I can beckon when the Spirit says, now would be a good time to say something super smart in the Spirit um, rather than just saying things because I'm having feelings, you know? Yeah. And then, but it would be so great because then if I could say, hey, Um, I figured out, just like you said, I figured out who the Savior is, and I know he's coming. He's totally doing the work with you in your life, because I've learned staying here, right here, how to stand in this storm, because he's coming to save me. It's working. And yeah, I think a lot of parents experience that at a new level when they really get involved in their child's recovery. Yep. You want to know what a father hears in his head? <laughs> yeah. Not good enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not tough enough. I can't do this. I don't have what it takes. Like to, I, be, I ha- like to be I a have father? To... Satan's saying he's not, you're not good enough. You can't do this. You can't set an example for your son. You're broken yourself. You got all these weaknesses and these of yourself. You can't save him, you know. And so he's saying, "I got to be stronger. I got to be tougher. I got to. I've got to <clears throat> be the hero, the warrior. I got to. And I'm broken myself. And and we don't want to focus on that. But the point, your point is, Karen, <clears throat> is we got to be by the tree too. Um, we, Lehi didn't 
go get his family. He beckoned them to come unto him. Right. Because he was at the tree. Yes. We, we can't leave the iron rod to go save them. We got to cling to that with everything we've got. Knowing that Christ will bring them back to the rod. Yeah. And be a great example of, oh, well, like just in Lehi's dream, all those distractions that were available in Lehi's yep. dream, you know, like, yep. oh, wow, the mist of darkness is getting to me. And so is that loud building over there. And I know I was supposed to stay here at the tree, but I'm having so many strong human feelings and yep. I'm having a human moment. And so just our example of it's, it's normal to distance yourself from where you know you should be and then turn and know where the rod is and make your, your, make your way back to the tree. Like, oh. um, and being transparent in that process, I think is what the brilliant thing you did with your son is you opened up this window for him that said, I'm kind of a mess. And I'm, I, I'm going to show you that I'm a mess, but that I want to be the best mess I can be. I want, and so I'm going to try, but you know, just we do, we stay at the tree and we're awesome at it. And we're, we try our best. And usually that's in the morning when we did our spiritual routine uh -huh. and then our life starts, our life starts and the real things happen. And so every day, I think that's why we love the savior so much is because we get all stuck in all those distractions and then we can return and ask him to renew us again through repentance and commit again to stay by the tree, you know, knowing where that rod is. But yeah, you are such a brilliant example of, I'm going to show you more of me and my battles and let's fight this together. You fight your battle. I'm going to fight my battles. We're going to do this shoulder to shoulder. It was so brilliant. That's why that and your good, open hearted, genuine uh, way. I just, it just became so apparent to me over time. Like, I don't know what it's supposed to look like exactly, Lloyd, but I think you're supposed to do something for dads. Um, <laughs> the spirit just will not stop telling me stuff like that. So how about if you do something for dads? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, I want to, um, you give me several thoughts and I'm not sure which way to go. So we'll try and hit them both, but kind of reminds me of the first time I met you. And that was in those days, um, generals panels were held in a little building down in Farmington. And, so we'd drive down, and uh, first time I was there, there was four of us, maybe. Yeah, like, yep, four, and, six, at the and, most eight. It was so funny, yeah. there eight people. Yep, and um, Maurice would come over after a group, and he'd drag some generals over with him, and... Oh, I loved those stories. Some of those guys were so amazing and so powerful. Yeah. And to see their amazement and all their goodness. And 
incredible. I sometimes I wish we had a Sons of Helaman reunions where mm-hmm. all these amazing, awesome kids could come and I could see them again. But anyways, there was this lady there mm-hmm. with uh, long wavy hair and she was, was gonna... so dynamic and so amazing. Oh, and... I was just going to say, that's what I was going to say is, did she have big hair? <laughs> <laughs> and, and she told this story about how she learned her role as a mom, how her role was not to be afraid and not to say, son, I'm afraid that you're not doing everything you're supposed to be doing here. We got to work on this. <laughs> she, she says that, and I don't remember how, whether it was the Holy Ghost or what, but that she learned that her role was to be a cheerleader. Say, I know you can do this. You got this. You may be struggling right now, but I know your heart is with God and you will win. I have no doubt. Now, what is that? That tell us, man. Yeah, we do not doubt our mothers do it. I mean, it's right there. Absolutely. If I'm the girl that's saying, um, I do not doubt God is going to deliver you, but oh my gosh, let me help you with that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> let me help you with that. And, and no, no, not like this. Give me your sword. This is how you swing the sword. <laughs> yeah, that's how you hold your shield. Um, I don't send him out to battle and let him get a little banged up because uh, I'm terrified that he might get hurt. I yeah, have, we can't have scratches on your short, your shield there. No, uh, let me polish that up for you. Come on, I'll show you how to hold it here. Let me walk with you. I'll, matter of fact, I'll carry the shield for you. You yeah. just come with me. Exactly. Yeah, that, yeah. We and you know what? Ah, it's so good because this is a time where mothers need to know, and fathers more than ever that we do not doubt God is going to deliver us, even though it looks like you're bleeding out right now. Yep. Even though I'm terrified that that's the state you're in. I don't have enough band-aids for that, enough knowledge for that. I don't, I don't know. But if I know and do not doubt in, you know, who God is for us, with us, for us, um, and I lean into that, then I can watch you learn how to stop bleeding out. I can watch you learn how to swing your own sword. And I have to tell myself, just sit on your hands. Do not swing his sword. (laughs) Just let him keep trying. Um, Because he needs those spiritual muscles, those mental muscles. He's rewiring his brain. And for so many years, Every time he was in a struggle, he came and said, Mom, what should I do? And then you, like a little smarty pants, would say, (laughs) here's what I think you should do. Let's make another chart. Let's have another talk. Let's put another another reward or another whatever. Um, But what do you mean? I'll buy you a bag of Doritos if you win today. (laughs) And those things are awesome, and they do work. But the, the loudest message has to be, 
Um, I do not doubt God will deliver you. And I'm not God. I'm the mom. And you, he's coming. But don't you quit. That's what I'm so proud of is that you don't quit. And it doesn't matter how long it takes me to watch you or takes you to figure it out. Or even if you do figure it out and then you have to fall back in a pit. And I have to say, oh, geez, not this again. I thought I wouldn't survive the last time, you know, <laughs> yeah. but now I know you get out of pits. Yep. Yeah. So cool. Thanks Lloyd for that. Yeah. I did say moms are the cheerleader. Yep. And uh, I love you for that. That was so inspirational. But in that same meeting, Maurice followed you up and says, dads, that's not your role. You're not the cheerleader. Good. That's, Mom is the cheerleader. He says, dad, your role is a fellow warrior. And it took me a long time to understand that and come to grips with it. But his, what Maurice said at that moment was, you got to fight your battles. You got to fight alongside your son. You can't fight his battle. You have to fight yours. Mm. And so as I studied the scriptures and tried to figure out what is Maurice talking about, one of the things I did was I studied um, the fathers of the sons of Helaman. And your point that you like to bring up, Karen, is a lot of them just died. They Not died in valor. Not they, the sons of the, Their dads. Oh, yes. Those daddies. Yes, they did. Yeah. They were so committed to the gospel and what their and to their conversion, they made an oath to never take up arms again. And so when their enemies came to battle, they laid down and praising and praising God, their enemies slaughtered them. That gets me every time I read that. Oh, it's just emotional. Okay, keep going. I know where you're and, going. It's awesome. But, and that's incredible. And I don't take anything from that. But that's, they weren't, that wasn't all of them. There were other fathers who saw and were willing. They were willing to do that. But the enemy ceased. And they were left to bury their dead to carry on and to support the widows and the children of those who gave their lives. And eventually they got taken to Zarahemla, led to Zarahemla where they would be safe. And what did they covenant to do? They covenanted we will support the armies of the Nephites. We will support their wives and their children. We will provide food. We will provide armor. We will provide whatever we can to support these people who are covenanting to protect us. <laughs> You know, and, and so things were good for a little while. 
They were planting trees and raising grain. Things were good. You know, then the Lamanites would come knocking on the door again. So they'd leave their lands. And then the Nephites would kick their butts. And then they'd get to go farm again. And then the Nephi, or the Lamanites would show up again. Stupid Amalekiah and all his kingmen and stuff. Went and stirred up the Lamanites. This time it was ugly. It was really ugly. It was so bad that the fathers said, "They said let's 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 break the oath." Helaman and the prophet says, "No, can't do it. You swore an oath to God." They're saying, "But you're getting slaughtered." You that we love so much who are fighting for us. Being slaughtered. We've got to do something. And that's when their son stepped forward. I can't imagine sending my 16-year-old, my 13-year-old battle for me. It did. You can imagine the ferocity in that father. The blacksmith is going to say, I'm going to make the best armor I can make. The guy raising apples, oranges or whatever, I'm going to raise the best fruit I can. The guy plowing the field i got to raise grain for my sons. Their fight wasn't to take on the Lamanites. Their fight was to fulfill their covenants. To provide. to provide for the warriors and to provide for their families. Not just their families, their immediate families, but the families of the Nephites who were at war. Mm. They did it. They did it courageously. They did it incredibly. And that's what our role is as fathers. Our battle may be different. But it takes just as much courage, just as much ferocity, just as much determination, just as much clinging to our covenants as those men did. That's so incredible. That's so incredible. And you know, it makes me, I love the parallel that you're drawing there. And tying it to covenants you know because oh my goodness like there are power in covenants we have the power of god on earth and those covenants come through that power and men are bestowed to carry that power in the name of god right with the priesthood yep 
But when you put what you fight for in that formula and you make it real, like our young men and young women are being thrown out to the battlefield um, and really getting some deep wounds. And if we as parents can't see how important keeping our covenants is and how trying to live the way that the prophets are leading us to live and asking us to live the way that um, we, we read and know in, in the Book of Mormon, in the scriptures, to really keep our covenant to, we've taken Christ's name upon us. We've promised to do anything ask of us. Yep. Um, we've promised to fight that hard. That's what we promised. We said yep. yes to those things. Yes, yes, I will do that. And then life shows up and we're tired and it's hard. You know what I mean? Absolutely. But there has to be some mentality behind those covenants that says, I'm fighting like the father of a warrior who's going out to battle, who is fighting like the most severe battle that I can imagine. I never had to fight that battle. He's right in the fray of it. And that's his role as an adolescent boy, but as a father, um, me doing all I can with me to do the best I can with what my role is underneath my covenants with God, there's power in that. And it also made me think of Lloyd. So cool. I love, I just love that you said all that. It made me think of those young men who volunteered to go out in the stead of their dads, yeah. you know, to say, uh, okay, we'll do it. We didn't, we didn't make the same promise. We could fight. Um, just to notice how many short years went by. Pornography has always been a hard thing. Masturbation has always been a thing, right? Yeah. But um, how many short years went by from the time the internet hit to now what we're noticing with our young kids and our young women and young men and what the fallout of all that, like they're facing a different kind of war with all that they're going through, not just with the plague of pornography, but many things are. And so as parents, instead of letting Satan convince us that your role is to say all is lost, everything's a mess, Satan's way too powerful. He's screaming so loud and our scream just sounds like a whisper. Yeah. There's nothing. Look how wounded these people are. And I, I don't know how to fix that. I don't know what to do. So our role is to consider our covenants say everything about what we can do. Yeah. And to just like you said, cling and fight for that and be get some training, get some information that wakes you up and says, you're asleep with your, <laughs> eye, with your eyes open. Wake yeah. up. Right. You remind me of uh, another part of our role as our father. Um, I have a 16 year old daughter 
And yes, my role as a father is to stand between evil and my family. Good. However, you know, that's, that's a definition of a warrior. Somebody who's willing to put himself between evil and those that he loves. That being said, I can't be there all the time. As much as I want to lock her in a tower and I can stand at the door at the base of the tower with my shield, my lance, my sword. I can fight off any evil that comes. I can't, that's not reality. I can't do that. Nope. So how do I protect my daughter? The way the way I know is first of all, I gotta live it myself. I have to be an example. I gotta try. And I gotta teach her what I know. So that she can fight wherever she is because I can't always be there. So my role as a father is I got to teach. I'm an example and a teacher. I'm not just a warrior. I got to, I have to be a teacher. And like we've talked before, part of that is letting them see our flaws, letting them see us fail and fight back get back to the rod, get back to the tree. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Teach them the cycle of faith. Like the first four principles of the gospel. First, faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Second, repentance. Third, remember the covenants you've made at baptism. Like you're connected to that guy. <laughs> yep. And then, and then, you know, fourth, the Holy Ghost is a ghost and it is going to help us. Like it, it can Help us by just never leaving, always wanting to be there to help us. Oh, so. I love the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is so amazing. And that's one of the lessons I've been learning recently. Um, then on a, I'm jumping ahead in the story. I, we stopped halfway through the story and we didn't we'll have yeah, to, it's okay. to finish it. It's okay. But, we, know, we know how to back up. That's sweet. And I feel, I'm glad you kind of stopped there because I feel, I feel kind of like just to finish that thought of the first principles of the gospel, that's all we're teaching them. When we leave the tree and show that, no, we turn around and go back. Yep. Um, no, that's just that, those basic principles of the gospel. That's what it is over and over and over until you're safely dead. That's yep. what that is. Just keep yep. doing it. So I want to give an example from my life. Mm -hmm. um, talk about man, I, manpower and fighting. And I guess this ties into what we've been talking about, about fathers may fight different fights. Mm -hmm. um, several months ago now, uh, probably March-ish, maybe February, no, it had to be February. I set my no goal as no complaining. <laughs> so there's and a no goal. There's a no goal on the manpower calendar. Yep. It, 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 it literally is the N in man. Yep. The no square. Okay. And 
because I murmur a lot. I complain a lot. I, I, and I don't want to be negative. That's not from God. That's not who I want to be. But it comes so natural and so easy that I chose that. And it's kicked my butt. And, but it started a journey that I want to talk about that is so incredible. So good. Um, I, it started out as just not complaining. I don't want to have any negative thoughts. And, um, and I went on like that for a few months and tried to figure that out, tried to make it work. And I wasn't winning any days because I was having negative thoughts. Well, and you can't, I mean, our thoughts are something that we can't really just block out and say, I will not have negative thoughts. Like you're going to have negative thoughts. That's yeah. just a given. But I think really it was, I want to know how to manage my negative thoughts so they don't come out my mouth. That, yeah, yeah. But let me address that. Um, I heard once, and I find this very profound, thoughts are like birds. And birds fly over all the time. Thoughts, all sorts of thoughts, good thoughts, bad thoughts, whatever thoughts, are constantly flying by. We have no control over that. Mm-hmm. However, if a bird, a thought like a bird wants to land on top of our head and build a nest, we can absolutely control that. We can do something about that. Love that. We don't have to marinate in it. We don't have to dwell on it. We don't have to whatever. Mm-hmm. We can make that bird take off again. We can just swat it and it'll fly away. So that's one of the things I learned. So... You know, it was like, am I swatting these birds as they're flying by? And so that was, you know, that's like step one of this not complaining thing. Yeah, it's like and recognizing there's a bird on my head. Yep. It's the recognition of there's a bird on my head and I'm letting it sit there. Yep. And I got to do something about it. And so anyway, um, as things are progressing and working on fathers who fight, you know, all this stuff. Um, I was meeting with Maurice one day and we were, and we were talking about personal warrior trainers and I was telling him how inspired personal warrior trainers was. And he's what? (laughs) (laughs) And I was telling him science behind that. This is kind of funny. This this stupid guy who has an IT degree telling a psychologist about psychology, but telling him how I had found all this documentation that talks about how powerful personal warrior trainers are and how meaningful because, and and let me just hit this really fast Mm -hmm. rather than dig into it because we could, if you want to have another meeting, we could dig into this. Um, Life was meant to be experienced. We're here for experience all these things shall give the experience. Yes, not just knowledge. And be for that good. Love it. Because it's kind of like life is like an apprenticeship. It's not 
just taking a class. We not only have to get the knowledge, we have to know how to practice it and how to use it in our lives. And that, so you think of an apprenticeship, how does, it, how does that work? How does an apprentice learn? He goes and hangs out with the guy, the master, all day, every day. Mm-hmm. He watches what he does. What does that look like? Exactly. And he and he's there, teach me. How did you do that? I, I need to know how to do that. Teach me. How do I do that? I knew a guy. I, I used to be a, a Finnish carpenter. And the guy who trained me, he trained from an old German master. The German master who taught him wouldn't let him do anything but sharpen tools for the first six months. Did he learn how to keep his tools sharp? Absolutely. Did he learn the importance of having sharp tools? Yes. And he learned that by doing. That is absolutely how, what life is meant to be. And that is why our sons are struggling through what they're going through is they're so incredible. They have to learn to fight and they have to learn it by experience. Mm. And so where's the master in this story? The master is the personal warrior trainer. That's the guy who's been there, done that, got the trophy. And he knows how to do it. And so checking in with your master once a week or whatever is, um, is so powerful. It, and no wonder our, the numbers have drastically changed since all y'all who came up with personal warrior trainers. Yeah. Have put that in Can place. I just, yeah, it's so true. Um, personal warrior trainers have changed the game. And can I just say, it wasn't me that thought of that, but we were all sitting in a meeting. Well, I we, know it was a number of you. But we were talking about this, but it actually, like, came, the conduit came right through me. And that's how personal warrior trainer started, is I just said in the meeting, well, you know, it just makes so much sense. Why don't we have each boy have a warrior trainer? You know, and we have all these qualified warrior trainers right now, like yeah. all these generals. Yep. Uh, it just makes so much sense. If we want to increase people's ability to win their battle, then let them associate with those who've done it. Absolutely. And so, anyway, yeah, it's been so long ago now that nobody remembers that. <laughs> but we do. <laughs> for a while, for a while, Maurice would say, Karen thought of this. And I was like, nope, I didn't think of that. I know that was the spirit that just in that meeting said, this is how that's just going to happen. But it ties in with gospel principles. And I was talking to Maurice about these gospel principles and talking to him, to him about fathers who fight. And Maurice looks at me and says, well, dads can have personal warrior trainers. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and he says, yeah, why not? We've got dads who know all about fighting. You're one of them. Oh, yeah, I am. <laughs> And he, he says, we've got guys who are trained as personal warrior trainers. They've actually, not only are they trained as personal warrior trainers, they've been through the Sons of Helaman program and they're dads now. They 
get this. They can train dads how to fight. And it's like, that's cool. Let's do that. And so we did, we introduced it. You know, I, I don't know how many dads are taking advantage of it, but yeah. me, being, me being the nut job that I am, I <laughs> says, you know, I'm not going to ask anybody to do something I haven't done myself. And so I went out and hired me a personal wear trainer. Yeah. And I tell you, and what did we work on? We worked on my not complaining. And it's been a game changer. First thing, Rob Hertzler, he's my personal wear trainer. He's incredible. He's one of the mentors on the website. He, first thing he says to me, you know, he says, you're looking at your no-go all wrong. And I'm what? I thought no goals work. You don't do that thing anymore. And he says, yeah, but it's a lot easier if you turn it into a positive. Say, I'm going to do this. So let's talk about it. And I was like, okay, let's talk about it. So we talk about it. And he says, sounds to me like what you really want is not to not complain. You or to you want to have the Holy Ghost with you. You want to speak good that comes from God rather than allowing yourself to marinate in negative stuff. And it's like, yeah, that's yeah. right. That's what I want. <laughs> yeah. So, that's, that's the value of a coach right there. Yeah. And so, <clears throat> so it's like, okay, what can we do? I said, okay, my goal, my new goal is not to not have negative thoughts. My new goal is to speak don't speak until I check in with the Holy Ghost. So cool. And so the first week I failed. And I think I got one day <laughs> <laughs> out of seven. And, um, but I learned, learned. And one of the things I learned is like, I got to make a drill out of this. I, I got to figure out how to drill this. I got to practice it because to just hope it's going to happen that I can do this. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not working. I can tell already it's not working. I got to do, I got to yeah. drill this. Because it's so it's, it's like one of your like easily traveled neural pathways, right? It needs to be yep. interrupted. And the only way you're going to interrupt that is to say, I got to do a drill about this. And just so you know, in case you're listening to this podcast, um, some of the terminology you'll hear that we're talking in lots of the podcasts, you will understand so much better if you'll come and learn the things that we offer at Life Changing Services. You don't have to be someone who, with, a, you know, addiction or that needs a recovery program. We have services uh, that really can just help you to understand this is how this applies to my personal life, things I'd like to be better and master better. Okay, so a drill, keep going, a drill. I, I get that, Karen, and I've realized that I'm saying stuff that some people may not get with, they haven't read the Like Dragons Did They Fight book, if they haven't talked to their sons about winning, if uh, all this stuff, yeah. there, there's wow. lots of stuff I'm saying. But you know, if I stop to talk about this, this would be a 12 week series or maybe longer. So, so I'm pushing through. No. And you know what? That's kind of my job. So you just go ahead and talk. So. Okay. Um, 
so I set up a drill. And like I said, I am a nut job. I, I've, I drill like 12 times a day. Every hour on the hour, 7 to 7. Well, okay. I guess 11 because it's 7 to 6. But anyway. So can you tell us what your drill is? What do you do? Uh, first of all, I connect with God. I pray. Okay. So you know it's time to do a drill. Yep. And so even if I'm in the you know, and this is something that Rob asked me as my coach. He, he says, so what if happens if you're talking to somebody when it's time to check in with God or not just drill, but if I, you have to do it in real life, what if you're, what if you're talking that you're in the middle of a conversation or something? And it's like, that's okay. That wait, that wait, I can say, give me a second and I can connect with God. I can do that. Like Brighton says, I can be a righteous freak. That's okay. That, mm-hmm. That's what it takes. That's what it takes. And that's my son who inspires me. Mm-hmm. So, and it will come back to that. But um, so I do. I I connect with God. Um, what does that look like? It's evolved. Um, it started out with God bless me with discernment. I guess I should say the other half before I just talk about how it's evolved. The other half is I need to allow myself to think of a negative thought so I can come up with a counter for it. I know that um, a lot of people talk about flipping it and that I can never remember the thing. Find it, flip it. Notice it, name it. Notice it, name it. Find it. Okay. I struggle with that. Sure. But I have something that works for me. That's what matters. And I I don't like flip. I like counterattack. Love it. <laughs> I am not just going to look for the opposite. I am going to go on the offensive with a counterattack. So what is so I let myself have a negative thought. And I come up with a counterattack. You know, an easy one is I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to go to work today. No, I do. I want to go to work because I want to support my family. I like, I love the benefits from going to work. So, yes, I'm getting out of bed. (laughs) You You know what? Just hearing you say that, I mean, literally looking at your face, and hearing you say, I don't want to go out, I don't want to get out of bed, I don't want to go to work, like, who can't relate to that, right? I don't want to get out of bed, I don't feel like doing whatever it is that I have to do. Um, like, in that moment where it's all just so comfortable and just, yep. it's a place of, you know, it hasn't started yet, right? Like, I can just lay here and have that I thought. Can, I can snooze just a little longer. Yes, but you just saying... Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I want to. I, I, I love the benefits that happen in my life from getting out of bed and going to work. Like that totally wakes up your truth. Like 
who Absolutely. you are as a divine son of God. Well, of course I do want to. That's part of supporting God's work. That's part of staying by the tree. Like yep. I provide, provide and protect students. And I'm, and I'm not just going to flip it. I'm going to be fierce about it. I'm going to counterattack. Okay. And so, so that's part of it. That's, that's, that's my drill. I got to connect with God. And I've got to allow myself to think of something negative, and I've got to counterattack. Okay. Well, my connect with God has evolved, and it and it's fascinating to me. It started out with just God, give me discernment so I can see the enemy. And then it's like, God, I need discernment so I can see the enemy. Not just see the enemy. I have to see his influence on me. I can see his trickery. I can see his subtleness. I can see his games he's playing. I need to see his influence on me. Then one day it dawned on me. I need to not only see his influence and counterattack his influence. <clears throat> and then the next step was, oh, you know why I need that, God? I need to discern the enemy. I need to see his influence on me. I need to counterattack so I can feel the Holy Ghost. I need the Holy Ghost. I want the joy and peace that only the Holy Ghost can give. And I don't want it someday in the future when I'm resurrected. I need it now. And I need to fight now for that influence now. Mm. And I tell you, it's amazing. I've been... I almost got two weeks I lost yesterday of doing that. And holy cow, I tell you, I love the Holy Ghost. I love his influence in my life. I love the peace, the comfort that only he can give. It's worth fighting for. So I'm so curious about that. Are you saying that as a man who probably was baptized when you were much younger than you are now and yep. received, received the Holy Ghost, are you saying that really focusing and understanding one of the ways Satan keeps you from the Holy Ghost is this pattern I'm in that just automatically happens um, negative thinking i can see that's a yeah. problem for me yeah and so what really what is so cool to notice and i hope everybody can hear that it's not just man some man saying i learned a tool it helps me and now i can build the holy ghost it's you've always had the holy ghost and it's not that he hasn't been a part of your life but now that you are really increasing your focus on why you want the Holy Ghost, why you want to have the discernment of the battles in your life so that you can, you know, obliterate the evil 
that's causing you to have negative patterns, see it, and then just, I just think it's so fascinating and so wonderful for all of us to notice that um, Lloyd, you know, as, you know, a seasoned man with adult children, right, is understanding what it is like to have the Holy Ghost with him. Um, have my spirit to be with you always. You're exactly. learning. Well, let's talk about that. What does it look like? What is, what is, you know, that's another talk Elder Dorf gave was that darkness is really just a shadow that keeps us out of the light. So what is that? What does it look like? It's stuff like that guy's a jerk. I don't like him. He or, drives me nuts. Yeah. Or stuff like, I don't, I don't like my boss. I don't like what he just said. Or it's stuff like <clears throat> that waitress didn't get my order right. <laughs> or it's stuff like my daughter just ticked me off right now. And 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 I and I got to come up with counters to that. You know, like my daughter doesn't realize what she just did. She's doing the best she knows how. I love my daughter. I care about her. And I know that Satan's beating up on her too. And he's just a stupid, rotten jerk and scumbag. The worst there is. He wants to make us all miserable. Well, you know what? I'm not giving into that. And if you looked at my calendar now, and uh, the, this is so powerful to me because I go to these generals panels and uh, I'm sorry, I'm going to say something that's kind of not nice, but I hope that it. Oh, well, at least you're get the meaning of it. You're totally warning us. Okay, get ready. I, I see moms who are in that place of fear. Oh, They're sure. so scared. They're so worried for their sons that they think he's, my son is he's not, not winning. He's not, you know, and they look at his calendar and they, and I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard this. He has one win and one loss. And the next day he gets a win and then he loses. And then he wins one day and then he loses one day. I tell you, Moms, if you're listening to this, that's what my calendar looks like. That's what it looks like right now. So but good. you know what? I am learning. I am overcoming. I am figuring out how to win, how to conquer. <laughs> and it doesn't show on my calendar yet. I love it, but it's showing in your life. But I can see it in my heart. I can see it in my head. You want to, I'll tell you what happened. It's been uh, two weeks ago. It was a bad day. It was horrible. Satan was kicking my butt. And Lisa and I were, that's my wife. We were driving in the car somewhere. And it was in the evening and I had, had it. I had, and I just let it all out. I just, you know, all these horrible thoughts. And uh, I feel bad because it's like throwing up and my wife gets to 
help me clean it up. And uh, I don't feel proud of that. However, somewhere along as I'm just letting this stuff out, I just kind of mentally just kind of step back and it's like, you know, all this ugliness, that's not me. That's not who I am. That's not what I want to be. And I was able to turn it off and push it away. I was done with those birds. They are off my head. They are gone. And no, my calendar is, isn't that great. You know, I, I made it 13 days. That's better than the eight that I had before. Mm -hmm. And that's better than the win one, lose one that I did for two weeks in between the eight and the 13. So mom, if your son's calendar looks like crap, don't give up on him. It's changing his heart. It yeah. takes time. It takes effort. And we can do this. And not only can your son do it, and not only is your son doing it, you can do it too. Mm -hmm. So good. Oh, thank you for that. Yeah, it's so beautiful, Lloyd. So good. So, okay, we're going to shift gears a little bit. Okay. I want you to tell me um, just the process of what we started out at the beginning of the podcast, and we'll wrap it up, you know, and go into it a ways like, tell me the process of you deciding, I'm going to be available. I'm going to show up for Father's Who Fight. Don't know exactly if I'm the guy to do it, but all right, Karen, you talk me into it. Um, and then the process of what the Spirit's taught you, what you've seen, um, that now you're having these you know, shifts because God's directing what you're doing. Okay, go ahead. Father, she fights. Well, it's... I got to wrap up one loose end along the way. Okay. Uh, we left my son still in the program years ago. Mm -hmm. He, he won. He won big time. It took him a couple mm -hmm. years. I don't know. He'd have to tell you the specifics. It took a long time, a lot longer than a lot of parents are willing to wait. But he won. And his calendar, his actions now show that he's the warrior that I always saw in him. He's served the mission. He's married in the temple. He has a wonderful wife and child. He's got a bachelor's degree in psychology. He's working on his master's. He's a personal warrior trainer. He's a, a PWT coach. Yeah, that's what personal warrior trainer means. To, he's a, a life coach. He's... Um, He does all sorts of stuff to help other people win. And um, so anyway, along the way, 
Karen, as she said, twisted my and arm, tugged not, me just, over the years. I just, I just have to say, okay, amen, amen to that. Brighton is, he's a dutiful warrior. Um, you know, a perfect warrior is like you said earlier, it's one that's willing to stand between evil and the people they love. And yeah, he just has never stopped fighting. He's a dutiful warrior who knows his duty and he's willing to show up for it and follow his commander every day. It's amazing. I love, I've loved watching him. It's amazing. Okay. I just had there, to say that. Well, there's a, a story that a really short story that, says a lot to that point we think of knights in shining armor when we think of that phrase now we think oh it's wonderful that's not the way that phrase was originally intended the knight in shining armor was the guy who had perfect war armor because he'd never been to battle he'd never done anything worthy of his armor he didn't have dents and dings and scrapes and blood all over it and and cracks that had to be rewelded and and stuff. A knight in shining armor was someone to be laughed at. Brighton. He's got well worn armor. Mm. He's a hero beyond comprehension anyway I want to be like him and so when Karen came to me and begged me and talked to me for those three years or whatever it was it's finally like Karen I'm not amazing but okay let's do it God has blessed me to be able to do a few things right. I can share that. And so if you went back and listened to every recording, and it's all on the website, you can go to Mothers You Know and listen to every single one of them. Yep, Mothers You Know, under the support tab. So mothersyouknow.org, under the support tab, you'll find Fathers Who Fight and the recordings. Okay, keep going. Yep, and... That's what you see me share. You'll hear me sharing is the things that God helped me do right. Well, I've kind of evolved, especially this last year. And it's like, no, this needs to be more. This, this, this needs to be more. I need to not only help fathers support their sons in the program. I need to help father, period. And I need to share the stuff I'm learning because, you know, like I just talked about, I, I've been fighting for a long time and I've learned some things and I need to share what I'm learning. And no, I'm not perfect. I make lots of mistakes. But, you know, maybe that's why God 
told you, Karen, to put me here because I have a lot to learn and I can share what I've learned. I, I don't like to, I'm a very private person, but you know, to heck with that. If God wants me to share what I'm learning and share all my flaws so other people can learn too, well, I guess let's do it. Let's get it on. Let's make it happen. Let's. Let's You're in charge, God. Let's do it. Let's feel the pain. Here we go. But it's a good pain, but it is, it can be very painful, but it's so, when, as you're talking, I'm like, yep, I can just relate. I relate so well to that. Like, I don't know why I'm here, but this is okay. Okay. Let's do this. Okay. So now what, now what's the shift that you're noticing? Well, Maurice said to get a team and I had some people who were willing. And so now we got a team. Um, Brighton's been supporting me in this for a while. Um, but Rob Herzler, my coach is also my teammate. He's, he says, you know, I really want to do a podcast. I was like, okay, we can do a podcast. I want to do YouTube, but if you want to do podcasts, we can do podcasts. Okay. And so YouTube's more work because it's audio and visual. And so we're still, I'm still working on that. And, but Rob, he's a man. He's pushing through. We got our first recording out just in time for Father's Day. Our second recording was just published. I haven't even listened to it yet. I was there for the recording part. But yep. And it's it called Father's Day. It's on all the podcast players, and it's called, you just search Fathers Who Fight. Yep. And so why? You know, what's the purpose behind it? Do I just want to be like everybody else? Karen's awesome because she has a podcast, right? Be like her? No. It's been something I've been struggling with for a couple of years, and that is that dads need this information on demand. They need to be able to, I got, I got to get help from my kid and go get it now. When I, the Holy Ghost is talking to them, they've got to be able to go get it now. And that's what we're working on. And um, so, yeah, we're, we've got our first two podcasts published. Um, we're, I, the goal is every week. Um, that's pretty tall order. Takes a lot of people, a lot of work. And so I'm not promising that, but that's our commitment. And yeah, YouTube's coming. I've, um, I've made some recordings and now I'm working on the, um, putting stuff to it uh it's more i have to even learn how to do it so it's gonna take time but i'm not giving uh, up i'm making it happen yeah i predict someone listening to this is gonna be like dude i already know how to do youtube i 
I love what these guys are doing with Fathers Who Fight. I'm just going to reach out uh, to Lloyd and say, here you're working on YouTube. I got some skills. And yeah, how would they even get a hold of you, Lloyd? Well, the easiest way is fathers who fight at lifechangingservices.org. That's an email. You can send us an email. I monitor that. Um, and yeah, whether you're a YouTube guy or if you just have questions, uh, if you want to see us do a podcast or a fathers who fight meeting on a specific topic, if you just want to tell us your story, if you just want to learn more if you got a question my son's doing this what do i do or whatever um if i don't have the answer which there's lots i don't i know awesome people like karen and maurice and all the other clinicians i we will find an answer um but yeah that's the easiest way to get a hold of us ah yeah, so, well, listeners, I'm going to ask Lloyd the, the Q1 question, but I want to point out, what did I say when we very first started this? I said, you're going to be so glad that you clicked on this podcast today to hear this episode. Um, really, Lloyd, I so appreciate you and what you've shared today. I know there's so much more that we can talk about and share another time. And yeah, we will. I just want to be as amazing as you are, Karen. There's oh. so many amazing people like you and like my son and Maurice and oh, even my are. angel wife and stuff. I just <laughs> am trying to be cool and awesome like you guys. <laughs> well, you are cool and you are awesome and you are valiant and you're showing up as the dad that God's leading you to be um, and has led you to be. But I mean, it's just amazing to notice. So tell us, why do you fight? Why don't you just give up? That's a little, takes a little bit to answer. Um, but it's a simple answer. It's not that I have to, you know, take time to think about it. It's, it's, there's a lot of reasons why I fight. Let's start over here. Satan's a scumbag. Oh, I hate him. He's so awful. He cheats. He's dirty. He's rotten, undercutting, conniving. What does he want from me? He wants me to be a scumbag like him. He wants me to hide in the dark, to be lonely, to be alone, to be despicable, to be... That's not me. All those things he wants from me, that's not me. I do not choose that. I don't want that. That is not who I am. I choose to follow my Savior, Jesus Christ. I choose to follow Him, to be the man He wants me to be. 
to be the man God created me to be. I think of my great-grandfather. At age 11, he took over as breadwinner for his family because his father died. He drove a team of horses between Provo, Utah, and Southern California, hauling freight to earn money for his family to take care of his mom and siblings. And in the winter, he went up into the mountains in the snow and cut logs and hauled them down to provide for his family. If he can do it, I can do it. He scraped out a major living. And yet somehow found enough money to hire a professional genealogist to research his family so he could do their temple work. And he was just a dirt farmer. And he found a way to fight and get it done. His father fought. He fought Indians. He was a man of prestige. A general in the captain's guard working for the king of Denmark. And yet he gave it all up to follow our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To move to Utah to fight Indians, to be a dirt farmer, to be close to the prophet. If he can fight, I can fight. My grandfather and my father if they can fight, I can fight, I can win. My sons, I have the most amazing sons on the planet. I wouldn't trade them for anything. They need me. I want to say to be an example for them, but they're an example for me. I want to keep up with them. I have a wife. That's the most beautiful, amazing person. She needs a hero. She deserves a hero. I volunteer me. Sign me up. That's what I want. That's me. Give me that role. I want it. I fight for her. I fight to feel the presence of the Holy Ghost. Like I said before, not someday, but today. Not three hours from now, but right now. I need the Holy Ghost with me. I need his guidance and inspiration. I cannot take upon me everything that's required of me. 
but I know that with Jesus Christ, all things are possible. And so I fight to have the Holy Ghost with me. I fight. So that when I die, I can fall down at my Savior's feet and thank Him for the sacrifice He's made for me. So that He will take me in His arms and say, Welcome home. I can feel good about being there and staying in his embrace. I fight to help anyone and everyone I can along the way. I fight to be as awesome as you people like you, Karen, who have taught me how to fight. I'm grateful for you, for Maurice, for Cody, for all the clinicians I've met and all the trainers I've met, all the good people who are so amazing. And I fight to be like you generals. Even you want to be generals who are putting up the good fight because you want to win. That's why I fight. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lloyd. Thank you so much.